from the Lord for you. First, I want to let you know this. Um, about a week, two weeks ago, the Lord kept impressing me to share with you uh, those that are being faithful in paying their tithe. And God is saying to you, He has not forgotten you. Your breakthrough is very close. It's really near. Don't give up. Hold on to His promise. And as a pastor, I want to thank you uh, for your faithfulness to the Lord. Is being faithful in the little things that brings the blessing to our lives. Being faithful in the little things. So I want to thank you. Your faithfulness to the Lord is what's helping us pay the bills. And I'm going to say this. Uh, Ezekiel, I believe it's Jeremiah, sorry, chapter 17, verse 5, tells us there, don't put your trust in man. We're looking to God. And I've said it from the very beginning. This ministry will never be in want. We won't be in need. It's always been God will always provide for us. But He does it through your faithfulness to Him. Amen. Uh, have a word from the Lord this morning. Uh, we're still continuing a message on covenant. And it's titled, What is in the Covenant? What is in the Covenant? For us. God will not break his covenant. The covenant is made to us. Psalm 89 verse 34 tells us, My covenant I will not break. Nor alter the words that is gone out of my mouth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you give us eyes that can see. We ask that you give us ears that can hear and hearts that can understand so we can grow in God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God says, my covenant I will not break. The covenant that we have with the Lord is the covenant that you have with Him is very personal. You have to realize that this, we are in the new covenant and Abraham had a covenant with God. It was Abraham and God. And God said to Abraham, come out from among them and be separate. That's what the Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 6. Actually told Abraham, come out from your family to a land that I will show you. And God said, I am going to bless you. I will make your name great. And God is still doing that. Now the covenant is between you and God. And God is giving you the promise of Abraham, which is the same covenant that God had with Abraham when he called him out. I was called out of my family just on my own. You don't go with anybody. It's just you and you alone because you are establishing a covenant between you and your God. And God says his covenants are always established on promises. That's what the Bible tells us. God's covenants are established on promises. And God says, I will not alter the word that has gone out of my mouth. Your life, your past will not alter the covenant that God has with you. These covenants will always work. It's not because of anything that you've done. It's because of what God has done. And if you stay with the covenant, the covenant will work with you. You are a covenant person. 
And we must carry ourselves as covenant people. So what's in the covenant? What is in the covenant? What are we, going to, what are we supposed to benefit from the covenant that we have with God? What does that make us as covenant people of God? Last week I shared that the covenant brings us into the family of God. That's so important. Because you are born into the family of God when you enter into covenant with God. In the Old Testament, it was not so. They couldn't refer to themselves as children of God. The country, the nation, we are as a nation, but not as individual. When Jesus referred to himself as the Son of God, you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to stone him. They couldn't refer to, them, uh, to themselves as children of God. They were servants of God. And, and they didn't have the Holy Spirit on them. The Holy Spirit only came on certain individuals. The kings, the priests, and the prophets. That's all. The rest of the people were ordinary. And if you have the Holy Spirit come on your life to be with you, then you are separate. You are a new kind of person. And they separate you as somebody that God is using. They were just servants. But as children of God in the new covenant, the Father has brought us closer to himself. We become family members with Christ. We become brothers and sisters with Christ. And the Bible tells us because you are sons, God has also sent His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into your life. So you can truly know that you are a part of the family of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, The Spirit Himself also bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Why is those that special? In the old covenant, the Spirit never did that. They were not children of God. They were just servants of God. And the Bible says, The Son abides in the home forever. The servant doesn't. So we are now children of the living God. We have His DNA, spiritual DNA. So in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18 it says, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given to me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts. You and I, covenant people, we are for signs and wonders from the Lord. I and the children whom you have given to me. This is Jesus himself speaking. I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. And I said this, we as a church, we are for signs and wonders to the world. Your life is for signs and for wonders. Don't ever look down on yourself. Forget your past. Look at the future. You have now come into a family, the family of God. You now have His DNA. And you are more than a conqueror according to the scriptures. We are going somewhere. Because the Spirit of God is in us. God is at work in our lives. You and Jesus together. Sons of the living God. In John chapter 3 verse 8. He tells us this. The wind blows. Where it wishes. You hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it is going. He says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You know, you, you remember the damage that hurricane did in Louisiana. 
We didn't. We just. We know it's coming from the ocean. We don't really know where it started. What started it, and everything. How that wind came, and made that great impact, and then disappeared. Where did it go to? Why don't we have that force anymore? All you do is hear the sound of it. You know it's coming. You feel it, but it's gone. And Jesus said, "We are just like that. We are a wonder." So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And if Jesus said, is everyone, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit, that means you. You are born of the Spirit of God. You are a wonder to the world. That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Not this little light of mine. You are the light of the world. A little light will not light this whole room. will make this place bright. Not just that little light. Light of the world. That's how important you are to the Lord. You, Jesus said, I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and for wonders. That's who we are. So we are children of the living God. What else is in this covenant that we have with God? The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. When you get into this covenant with God, God replaces your mind with the mind of Christ. In other words, you have your mind and then you have the mind of Christ over there with your mind. If you choose to believe the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ will overtake your mind and make you a wonder to the world. We have the mind of Christ. I want to share these scriptures with you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 tells us this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Now, wisdom and understanding are twin brothers. You can't have one without the other. You have wisdom, you gain understanding. But the Bible says here, happy is the man who finds wisdom. That means you can find wisdom. You are not born with wisdom. You find wisdom according to the word of God. It's up to you to search for wisdom. And if you search for wisdom, you will find wisdom. That's why Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. No doubt about it. The door will be opened. You will find. Happy is the one who finds wisdom. You're not born with it. It may seem like some people were born with it. No. According to the word of God, and the word of God cannot be broken, happy is the one who finds wisdom. And the one who gains understanding. So understanding is something that you gain. You're not born with it. If you're born with it, then you don't need to gain it. But this is the word of God. It says there is a way for you to find wisdom and to gain understanding. He says, if you find wisdom and you gain understanding, it will, bring, it will bring you, or they will bring you, proceeds. 
there's benefit from finding this. These are the nuggets that God is giving to us. It says, for our proceeds are better than the pro- profits of silver. That's why the one who finds them is happy. And everyone can find it. Notice, for her, wisdom and understanding, twin brothers, it will bring you some proceeds. Better than that, the profit from silver is also better than the gain from fine gold. This is so important. What you get from the Word of God. That's the gospel that the, word, the Bible wants us to preach. And if you will believe it, if you will believe it, God will begin to change things in our lives. I'll share another scripture with you. Proverbs 8 verse 19. He tells us this. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. How did the Lord found the earth? Wisdom. Wisdom is what you need for that great miracle of the creation of the earth. It was the Lord's wisdom in action. That's why if you can find wisdom and you can gain understanding, then you're happy. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth and by understanding He established the heavens. You see, God sometimes will draw back the curtain and open your eyes so that you see what's really important in life. Wisdom is what you need. You want things in your life, whatever peace, whatever you need. Wisdom is the key. Amen. Proverbs 4 verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Right? This is coming from the Lord. Wisdom is the principle, is the number one thing on the earth. Wisdom is what? The principle thing. No other thing. Wisdom is the principle thing. This is out of the book of wisdom. Proverbs. Wisdom is the principle thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In other words, it's something to be found. Get wisdom. Go after it. Get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding as well. You see, you can't get one without the other. Twin brothers. Amen. When you look for one, you get the other as well. Amen. And the Lord by wisdom, He's told us, this is what you need. Now, the mind is the seat of wisdom. Right? The mind is the seat of wisdom. And this scripture lines up with other scriptures. Remember, Solomon wasn't born with a lot of wisdom, right? He gained wisdom. And because he gained wisdom, guess what followed? Everything else. People were coming from afar to listen to this little man, young man, because God gave him wisdom. He found wisdom. 
That's why it's the principal thing. The, the mind is the seat of wisdom. He wasn't speaking to them from his spirit. He was speaking from his mind. The mind, the new mind that God gave to him when, when he meant, uh, encountered God on that day. Look at what the scripture says. For who has known the mind of the Lord? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Good question. But we have the mind of Christ. Right? What do you have? The mind of Christ. Say to your neighbor, you have the mind of Christ. Well, you have to believe this. You know, God cannot lie. After you receive Jesus into your life, you have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is part of your inheritance. This is part of the covenant that you have with the Lord. He gave you His mind. We have the mind of Christ. And many Christians walk around and say, I'm so stupid, I, I can't get anything right. My mind doesn't work right. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, you're lying to yourself. You have the mind of Christ. Let God be true and every man a liar. What's happening is you are believing a lie against your own life. Why don't you confess what God said in His Word? You have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. Say it again. I have the mind of Christ. Say that constantly. That's the, there can be no greater wisdom than to have the mind of Christ. And it came because of your covenant with Him. Not because of anything that you've done. You are not righteous on your own. It was through this covenant that brought you in. Through His blood, He brought you in. He's still watching you. He's still cleansing you to make you what God created you. You have the mind of Christ. Now, if that's not enough for you, I'll take you further to another scripture. And the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. Establish it in your heart today. You have the wisdom of God. And there's no greater wisdom. He's there in you. If you don't understand it, then go and ask and pray. That's why James tells us, he said, If any man lacks wisdom, you remember that scripture? Let him ask of the Lord, who gives liberally to everyone, and he won't rebuke you. If you think, well, I don't have it. God has already said, you know what I believe that to be? That's a baby Christian. Yeah. That's going to be asking God for wisdom. God has already said, He's giving you the mind of Christ. But if you feel like you lack it, ask Him. You'll make it appear. Amen. All of a sudden, you become wise. Amen. All of a sudden, you know what to do. Because God is coming to your life. First Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom 
from God. What did Jesus become for us? Wisdom from God. Christ in you, you have the wisdom. Now, if the wisdom is coming from God, what kind of wisdom do you have? God's wisdom. That's a part of the covenant that you have. You can't be talking about being confused. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and what? In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. God says you have a sound mind. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. Simple. Your mind is sound. Shouldn't grow old. <laughs> and I can't remember all of this because you know I'm growing old. <laughs> you have the mind of Christ. That's an eternal mind. You have the wisdom from God into your life. That's the wisdom that you have. You have to claim it that God has given you wisdom. You can do all things through the wisdom of God. Amen. You have the mind of Christ. How great the wisdom of God is. I want to show you something. You can obtain grace things. Miracles happening in your life. I and the children that God has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. Look at Mark chapter 6 verse 2. This is about Jesus. So you understand the benefits of the wisdom of God that is resident in your life. Amen. Great works. It says in verse 2, And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. They were amazed. They know he didn't have his PhD. That means post hole digger. Oh, his DDD, whatever, DD. He's Didi, Doctor of Divinity. <laughs> That's only Michael West has that Doctor of Divinity. <laughs> you know how they put all of those long stuff after their names? <laughs> he didn't have any of those. But they were astonished just listening to his wisdom. You know, as a new convert, I was so, I mean, you're just reading the Bible for the first time. And you hear these Pharisees, you know, planning to, to trap Jesus. If you read him for the first time. And they ask him this tough question. Should we pay taxes? Okay, you remember their story? Should we pay taxes to Caesar? They want to trap him. If he said no, they turn him over to the governor. And if he said yes, then you are really not for our people. And he says, give me a coin. Boy, what's going to happen? I'm sure they were all looking. Why doesn't he answer the question? Why is he asking for a coin, right? 
they have to answer their own question, right? You turn it back. How can you trap this guy? And they sent those guys to get him. And they came back. They said, just arrest him and bring him. And they went and listened to him. And they came back. He said, why didn't you bring him? We sent you to get him. He said, listen, we've never heard anybody speak like this guy. Never. Never. No one talks like him. The wisdom from God. They were astonished. And they asked this question. Where did this man get these things? What things? Not just his knowledge, but everything that was going on in his life. Where did this man get these things? He hasn't been to the university. He doesn't have a PhD. Where did he get this stuff? He didn't study under Gamaliel. Where did he get this stuff? And all these things happening to him. Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. It's the wisdom that was given birth to the mighty works. Amen. What wisdom is this that's given to him? The same wisdom that's been given to you from God. He became, Christ became wisdom unto us from God. That this mighty works will be coming out of our hands. Amen. What wisdom is this that's given to him? That this mighty works have been wrought through his hand. You see, sometimes God will take the cutting off cutting off to give you an insight as to what's going on. And God has given us that same wisdom. That's why Jesus said without a doubt he who believes in me because through believing you will receive the wisdom as a covenant person. He who believes, he had no doubt that you and I will be doing the works. He who believes in me the same works mighty works, right? The same works that you see me do, they shall do also. And greater works than this, because I am going to the Father. John 14 verse 12. The same works, because the same wisdom is resident in you. That's why greater is he that is in us, than he, all the wisdom in the world. We just don't see ourselves that way. We often see ourselves as grasshoppers. Yes, brother. We see, there's no way I can do this. We don't have that DNA in our family. But I believe, and we've started our church, I said to our, the first service, and we're not having this as good in my family, and we are today. God has blessed us, I can tell you the truth. The relationship is better. We're 17 years now. And I can see already in my mind what God is doing in the future. It's going to be great. I've been saying it from the one we started the church. It's going to be great. When we started the church, I remember we had just one vehicle. I went out to missionary work, came back, went to Pastor Andy's house to pray. I shouldn't have gone to his house that night. Believe me, I shouldn't have. That's the way I feel. No, I'm 
But I went to his house to pray. That was the last day for my car. My car broke down. I was only going to see my friend and brother in the Lord to tell him the great things that God has done through my hands and all. Okay. My car broke down. And for maybe another year, two years, we had one vehicle. Because I knew I wasn't working anymore. There's no need to buy another car. Now I can make the payments. So we stayed with one car. Take my wife to work. Come back home with the car. And when she's time, wait for the kids to come back from school. Get back in the vehicle. Go out and stay waiting for her to get through with work. If I need, if the day she keeps the car and I need uh, something to do, church business, I call Ted Hackwood. Please come over here. Uh, we'll be driving around town. He said, one day, Pastor, we need to buy you a car. <laughs> Amen. But I was then. God is good. And the future is bright. You just stay patient. Believe the word. You know why I'm preaching this? Because I know as you listen, your life will be transformed. You won't even be aware that something is going on. I'm guaranteeing you. That's the truth. You won't even know that your life has been changed. Just keep coming. You see, Peter didn't know he's been washed. He said, wash me all over, Jesus. And now, only your feet. The words that I've spoken to you made you clean. Just your feet. Your life has been changed. You are great going somewhere to happen. God is going to make you great. I believe that with all of my heart. The wisdom of God is resident in your heart. Settle down with that wisdom. Follow whatever God is leading you to do. Don't hold back. Whatever your hands find to do. Bible says, do it with all of your might. Don't hold back. What is this wisdom that is given? That these mighty works are coming. The same wisdom that you have in you. Young people, brothers and sisters, let's go out and be a wonder to the world. Because you are. You are a wonder. Jesus made you so. We're not just speaking just to make you feel good. God meant every word that He spoke. It's just people will not believe Him. I don't know how we make Him feel. And I know I make Him feel that way. And I'm trying to get even closer. You know how you feel if you tell your son something, I'm going to get you something. And they're worried and keep saying, Are you sure, Daddy? Are you sure? Are you sure you're going to do this for me? Are you sure? He said, why are you asking? Because I'm not really sure if you're going to keep your word. How would you feel? How would you feel? You sit that kid down and say, look, I'm your daddy. I got all the resources. I'm going to give you that stuff. Why don't you trust me? Did I do something wrong? Is that not what you will ask? But we do that to our father all the time. Our heavenly father. When things get wrong, we take our eyes off him and we focus on those things and we begin to complain. We call people. We spread the bad word. It's often against this word. And, and, and we tell people that our father is important. He can't help us. The devil is all over my life. He's making life difficult for me. And my father is just sitting down watching. Me and that is wisdom is in your life right now. 
greater. You see, that's why Jesus said we are more than conquerors. Third thing is we reign in life. God has given us the right to reign in life. You know, I can stand everything that's going on around me and be patient because I know I have a future in God. I really do. God even said that to me. People won't understand. First, what is spoke against, they will turn around. Because God is in my life, I'm very confident. If there's nothing else I'm confident about in this life, I know God is in me, and I know God called me to do this work. I'm very sure of that. I may not be perfect. I know He's doing His work. I may not do, be doing the work perfectly, but He's guiding me. I know that without a doubt in my mind. God has called us, given us the right to reign in life. That's the reason why He created Adam in the first place, after He made the earth. Remember, He said, have dominion. Right? Let us make man in our, what image? Our own image. Jesus is made in the well, he's made the express image of the Father. But we were made in his image as well. And he says, have dominion. When you are in his image, you are supposed to have dominion, no doubt. I'll take you through some scriptures here. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Now notice, he's not saying, I'm making you God Almighty to Pharaoh. You now become God, right? He's saying, I am making you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron shall be, your brother shall be your prophet. I am making you as God. Now remember this, every time God says something, that thing is, right? Now if God says, Today is Wednesday. Your mind will say, Today is Sunday. Well, you are mistaken. Because once it comes out of his mouth, and God says, Today is Wednesday, you better adjust your schedule, because today is Wednesday. Yeah, God said it. Amen. I know you think it's Sunday, but now when God has said it's Wednesday, you better change, walk out of church, it's not time to be, it will come to church on Sunday. Because when God says, let there be, what? If He says today is Sunday, it's Sunday. If He says, no, today is Wednesday, oh, it's all Wednesday, get ready. It's time to go to work. So when God calls you anything, that's who you are. Yes. If God says you have it, guess what? That's what you got. If you keep saying, well, I don't know if I have it. You doubt him? How can two walk together except they be in agreement? You can't walk with him. Flaky old you, he's not going to walk with you. You're going back and forth. So God said, I have made you God over Pharaoh. 
And Pharaoh is the type of the devil. And everyone that worked with Pharaoh, all his citizens, were demons. Type of demons. And they were tormenting the children of Israel. Right? And God picked Moses from the wilderness. He said, now go. Don't be afraid of him. Because you are like God over Pharaoh right now. Have you ever wondered why Moses was not afraid to come into the presence of Pharaoh? You know it could take him his life instantly. That was the king of the world. Egypt was it then. And Moses wouldn't even speak to the guy. He walked in as a prophet with his stick in his hand. He says, tell him. Aaron, tell him. And Aaron goes, let my people go. The God of Israel. And he's standing there. And then he'll torment this fellow with all the signs and wonders. I mean, lies all over them. Now, what would you do? In my mind, if he comes in again, I'll kill him. Right? But a few days later, there's Moses standing in his presence. And he doesn't say, kill him. Have you all wondered why Pharaoh will not kill him? God had made him God over Pharaoh. How can you kill God? So he wasn't even thinking about it. He tolerated his presence every time. Because God has made him God over Pharaoh. Amen. And his demons. Moses became like a star. The whole people, everywhere he went, they said, that's Moses. And they said, the people had so much respect for Moses. They feared him more than their Pharaoh. Right? So that's him, Pharaoh. He said, that's Moses again. At first it was like a joke. But after a few miracles, oh, they, I mean, they were begging, his servants were begging, his magicians were begging him, let these people go. The demons were tired of fighting. Let them go. They're going to wipe us all out. But that's what God is made. I'm going to share with the word. See, religious people, they look at scriptures and they are always looking for... There was a time in my life where people, I was so concerned about somebody preaching a false doctrine. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he says something that I didn't understand well, I was a false doctrine. I'm past that. Now I can recognize it if it's false. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm not worried about somebody coming to trap me with some kind of false doctrine. They trapped me then. You're not going to do it a second time. <laughs> that was when I was a new believer. Not now. I stay with the Word. And if I see it in the Word, I want to act on it. Amen. Now look at what God said. Jesus is saying this. Now, I want you to look at this. John 10, 34 and 35. Jesus answered, Is it not written in your law? establishing it. I said you are gods. Who said this? God said that. Who was he talking about? I'm glad you asked. You know why Jesus was saying this? Because they said you being a man you are making yourself God. Because Jesus said I am the son of God. 
And so they said, you are making yourself God. So Jesus said, forget this thing. Look, God already said it back then. Even though God said it in the Old Testament, they didn't understand it. They couldn't say it. Then Jesus said it. But he said, I said, you are gods. If he called them gods, if God called them gods to whom the word of God came, God called those to whom the word of God came, God. Now, this is not good luck speaking, right? This is scripture speaking. You can argue with scripture, but I'm talking from the scriptures. Amen. He called them God to whom the word of God came, and Jesus added, and the scriptures cannot be broken. Have we then God? No. But just like God made, okay? Moses, God over Pharaoh. You as a covenant person, God has given you the privilege to reign in life. To be now God over Satan, as God over Satan and all his demons. And you got your stick in your hand like Moses. When he doesn't listen, you perform the signs. I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. You perform the signs. Look at that same scripture. I, uh, Jesus was actually quoting uh, Psalm 82, verse, seven, uh, verse 6 and 7. He said, I said, God said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Messiah. Are you a child of the Most High? What did God say about you? I know you're afraid to say it, right? <laughs> but God didn't ask for your opinion when He said that. No, notice the word is little God. That God has made you like a God over the devil and His angels. That's why we cast out devils. There's not going to be a demon that's not going to listen to God. God made me as God over him. And so when it comes against your life, against your finances, against your children, against your education, against your marriage, you come at him as, like Moses did, as God. And if he doesn't listen, perform a sign. He'll listen. He'll let you go. He'll let you go. All of you are children of the Most High. Your gods are children of the Most High. Right? God. Not God like God Almighty, but on earth. You are the light of the world. The world cannot have light without you. That's the word of God. Again, I'm speaking because I know the word will transform you. If you believe, that word will begin to transform the way you think. Before long, you will lose your fear of life. Fear of death. Fear of sickness and disease fear of what's going to happen to my children. Children, he says, they will be taught of God. That's part of the covenant. Your children will be taught of God. They will live long. They will be great in the land. You are a covenant person. The curse has been removed. You don't have any curse over your life. The curse has been taken away. The curse is no longer there. Things will get better. Because you are a covenant child of God. You don't have to be afraid of dying. Because he promised you long life. It's not your works. It's not by minds. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the living God. It's not your works. It's His work. He's already finished. 
I pray that God will give you understanding. Amen. Your mind can understand. In Jesus' name. He says, verse 7, But you shall die like men. Why is he saying, You are just a man, but I made you as gods in the world. Right? You die like the rest of them, just as man. Just you are a man. He's not saying you are God, but when the demons see you, they don't see you, they see who lives in you. They see God. And they're quick and are frightened. Exodus chapter 4, verse 17. Look at this scripture. And you shall take the rod in your hand, with which you shall do signs. Amen. You shall take the rod in your hand. That was Moses' rod. He was a shepherd man in the wilderness. God converted his rod to the rod of God. When you give your life to the Lord, He converts your life into His life. You become a son of God and you bear His rod with which to do signs. You know, Moses was nothing without that rod before Pharaoh. Pharaoh was scared of that rod. That rod brought a lot of wonders. He says, take that rod everywhere you go. Take that rod in your hand with which you shall do signs. You will always be able to do signs with that rod in your hand. Not the rod laying there. Take that rod in your hand and you do signs. And Moses was obedient. He did signs with his rod. He touched the dust. He came lies. Stretched it over the sea. Became blood. Amen. When he parted the sea, he was crying out to God. God said, why are you crying out to me? You got the rod in your hand. Why don't you stretch out that rod and divide the sea? He needed the rod. Take that rod in your hand with which to do signs. You got the rod. You always have to throw that rod down. Amen. You see, the Egyptians, it wasn't a big deal for the Egyptians to throw their rod down and it becomes snake. Right? Because when Moses came and he threw his rod down and it became snake, Pharaoh said, Magicians, come over. Show this fellow. What is he doing? They threw their rod down. But you know what happened? Moses' rod ate all of their rods. And those men left, the wise men of magicians, they left without their rod that day. Amen. They came with their rod in their hand with which to do signs. They left without their rod. They couldn't perform signs. Amen. You always have to cast down your rod. You always have to use your rod to do signs, to get your deliverance. Because your deliverance will not come unless you use your rod. Amen. Unless you use your rod. 
Many Christians are not using their rod. Instead, they are using a strange rod. All the negative stuff about their lives and everything that they're going through. That's what they speak about. They like to call and talk about all this negative stuff. <laughs> Moses cast down his rod. David also threw down his rod. Remember the story of David? David with Goliath. And Goliath threw down his rod, saying, I curse you in the name of my God. Today, I'm going to give, give your flesh to the birds of the air. They'll eat your flesh. I'll kill you today. Am I a dog? They're sending you little fellow to me. I'm going to kill you. And David said, ah, you threw down your rod. I'm going to get you my rod. He's going to eat your rod. Ah, you're not talking to me. You're talking to the God of Israel. I'm going to cut off your neck today. And I'll give your, bear, your, your body to the birds of the air. He threw down his own rod. And but the rod of God always has the victory. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember? The king said, uh, you burn if you don't bow. The guy said, we will not bow and we will not burn. Our God, he threw down his rod. They threw down their own rod. You always have to cast down your own rod. So that when you're through, the enemy doesn't have any rod in his hand. Amen. He's empty. He can't do any sign. Look at what the scripture says. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's the rod that we have. There shall come forth a rod greater than the rod of Moses. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That's the rod we got. Psalm 110 verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Who is that rod? Jesus. And then he tells you, rule in the midst of your enemies. Rule in the midst of the enemy. What are you supposed to do? To rule. The Lord will prepare a table before you. Where? In the presence of your enemies. Sound like just good words. But this is the truth. Rule in the midst of your enemies. God has ordained for us to rule in life. Don't ever accept defeat. Don't ever accept defeat. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, the Bible says. Do not lean on your own understanding. Even though this doesn't make sense to you, trust God from what you're hearing from the Word. I've shown you from the Scriptures. These are not my own words. Trust even if you don't understand. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with what? Your whole heart. All of these things He will bring to pass. You are a covenant person of God. Scripture here says, for if, uh, Romans 5 verse uh, 17, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of what? 
righteousness. What do you have? The gift of righteousness. That's what makes you a covenant person with God. You got the gift of righteousness. And along with that gift, the rod with which to rule. It says, much more, those who receive abundance of grace, not just little grace, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will what? Reign in life. We reign in life. How many of us? Everyone that's received the gift of righteousness. You are supposed to reign in life. There's nothing that should bring you down. You should be far from terror because the Bible says it will be far from you. Read Isaiah 54. From terror, it won't come near your dwelling. Psalm 91 tells us that. These things will be far from you. There will be no reason for you to be terrified. Everything will be well. And what is this road we're talking about? It's Jesus. Jesus is the road. With which to do signs. But remember. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word became a man named Jesus. The Word is the Word of God, with which you do science. The Word of God, you just have to believe that Word. That's why Jesus told the devil, it is written. It is written. Many of us say it is written, but we are still afraid in our heart. We just hope the word works, right? But when you truly believe, just one word, it is written, and the enemy backs away. He knows God is speaking. You know, Jesus never repeated himself. He told the devil one time. And the devil recognized he backed away. God has made us as God. The enemy. Amen? That's who we are. That's who we are. Take charge of your own life. When the Bible talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, people are thinking about, you know, I'm not going to try to sin, I'm not going to sin. That's not what he's talking about. got it backward. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to try not to sin. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about working everything out. Your salvation. Salvation means your deliverance. It's not just sin, sin, sin. That's all you hear sometimes around Christians. Sin. That tells me something. You can't be talking about sin so much. But that's in your past. That's in your past. That doesn't mean we are perfect. Right? But the Bible tells if you sin, God will forgive you. Confess it and move on. You're free. You're a child of God. You're a covenant person. Let's move on. Let's not go eat with pigs. I'm a child of God. That's in the past. I don't have time for that. I don't have time looking around, looking at the ladies. I got to go to a club. I don't have time for that nonsense. Why should I go to a club? The girly clubs. I don't need that. 
I'm a prince. We don't go there. I don't have to talk about that. I'm struggling not to go to a club. What's that for? You're still a baby. We don't go there. Amen. We're looking for something better. We're trying to bring the enemy under our feet. So that our Lord can put his foot on it. Amen. That's what we want to do. There are many people that have not come to know Christ. I know who he is. I know who he is. He lives. Jesus rose from the dead. He's not alive. And if you don't have him in your life, there is a place that you're going to go and you don't want to go. You will be a fool to go to that place. You'll be a fool. You played the fool on earth. If you don't turn over everything to Christ. One sin is enough to get somebody to hell. And if you get to hell, you're not ever coming back out of that place. That's the most frightening thing. You are not going to ever. That place is a place of fire. And the Bible says there are worms over there. They don't die. The fire doesn't kill them. The worms eat your body, but you don't die. You just feel the pain. And there's God forgets you in that place and will never ever remember that you're there. He forgets. He's forgotten. You're just there. You're forgotten. Forever and ever. When I heard that, I needed God in my life. I wasn't ashamed. I wanted God. I'm not going there. To live with the devil in there. I'm not going there. I cried, Pastor, pray for me, all of it. Jesus, Father, all of you pray. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. I need God in my life. How many say we need God in our life? I need God. You need God in your life. We do. Bow your heads with me. You know, when you're born, you know it. You know it. When you're born, you know it. God is calling people home. Everyone is special to Him. Find your place in God. We must confess Him openly. Not secretly. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, if you are ashamed of me before men, because you're wondering what they think about you, Jesus said, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. And if he's ashamed of you, you have no place with him. That means you're going to hell. That's not a good thing for a preacher to say, but it's the truth. We need him. How many remember that very day that you made that decision? No shame. You said, I'm going out for God. I need God in my life. Let me see your hand up. Thank you so much for being sincere. Now, some of you didn't raise your hand up. But you want that. I did that. I had to go. I had to come out to the Lord without shame. Some of you didn't raise your hand because you are in a grave place. You need to know. And you need to know today. Because the Bible says today is the day. Now is the accepted time. This is your day. That's why you're here today. And God is calling you back home. You're here. 
And you say, that's me. I need God in my life. I, I've done all this crazy stuff, but I want to go back to God. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. You say, that's me. And you're ready. You want God in your life. If that's you, at the count of three, put up your hand. One, two, three. Let's put your hand up. Put your hand up. I'm going to give another invitation. Possibly you came to the Lord before. But you know you are not working with God. As close as you should. But you want to come back home. If that's you, you want to be closer to God. If that's you, I need you to put up your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Put, up, put your hand up. Put your hand up. How many of you want to give everything to the Lord? Totally. And how many want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I need you to come up here with me. Just stand up and come. You need more of God in your life. You've heard the Word of God. You want to do what is right. You want to go all the way. I need you to come down here with me. Come up. Thank you so much. Come up. You want to go all the way with the Lord. You want to go all the way to the Lord. No more games. You know that God counts faithfulness so important. To be faithful to the Lord. The Bible says many will proclaim their righteousness, but a faithful man who can find. How faithful is your work with the Lord? You know, I was coming to church this morning. Actually, uh, 6 o'clock about that time, I was with Michael here. And I was going back uh, home. And I saw that Catholic church packed before 7 o'clock. And yet, the children of God, those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, they can find in their hearts excuses not to be in the house of God I was reflecting this morning some people actually use Sunday as their family day this is more serious than we think you'll be okay you probably will, you probably will make it to heaven if you don't give Satan a room into your life but this is not a game you are not going to really progress in God 
doing things like that. Because God counts faithfulness. It's so important to Him. He says if you are faithful in the little things, the little things are so important. And I'm going to make another commit, uh, another, give another word again here. For those you know in your life, you've, been, you've not been as faithful. You're not sinning, but you're not faithful. You're not fervent anymore. You're neither hot nor cold. You need revival. You need to be here. You need to be here. You need to change what you're doing. So he can bless you. Amen. I need our prayer partners. Please come and and, uh, pray for this. Please turn to the one that is next to you. Ask the person, do you need to be up there? Can you turn? Turn to the one that is sitting by you. Ask, do you need to be up there? Because God is giving grace here. Let's, let's pray for these up here. You've been where they've been before. Let's just pray for them. Lord, we come before you, Lord, in the need of your presence. We come before you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Yes, Lord. He can't let a boson, and another one Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He can not have a sick and not a boson, not a bassin. He can not have a boson, not a bassin. We thank Lord for these that are coming up front, Lord. Yes, we ask you to move in a mighty, mighty way. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand, please. Everybody stand up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given us this morning, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to, to let us know and remember, Lord, that we are your children, Lord. We are wonders. We are for signs and wonders, Lord. Lord, help us to remember, Lord, that because we are your children, Lord, that we have a mind of Christ. And we, we, we ask for wisdom and knowledge, Lord. We ask the Lord to give us boldness, Lord, that when the enemy throws down his rod, that we too can throw down ours, Lord. That when the enemy comes upon us in the night, Lord, that we will know through our words, through the power that Jesus has given us, that the enemy is defeated, that he has nothing, nothing over us. Glory to God. We reign in this life, Lord. We reign over our enemies. Lord, because we know, Lord, that you, Jesus Christ, is our rod, is our shield, is our protector. And Jesus is the Word. And the Word can't be changed. Lord, we ask you and we pray, Lord, that we take this sermon, this word, and we take it now, Lord. And we take it home and let us feast upon this word today. We feast upon the word. Give us traveling mercies, Lord, as we go home. Protect us throughout the week, Lord. You are a mighty, mighty God. We give you praise. And we give you glory. In your mighty name. Amen, amen.